Welcome to the April 19th Sioux Sports, the Sports Talk with Monocle Hosts and Bonos. Sports Talk is the number one fastest growing sports talk show in the North. Join us every Monday, 7.30. Follow and like us on Facebook and YouTube. Tonight's guest is none other than Sue Greyhound, Cole McKay. How are you today, Cole? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. And also my two hosts, Tony uh, Bonifero and Jim Monaco. And uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Cole's leading up to the, the OHL and being in the OHL. And Tony, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Cole. Thanks for joining us today, man. Really appreciate you doing this. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit. We've talked to, to a lot of kids, you know, who are at the bantam age level, the midget age level, about kind of their journey and kind of, you know, which path they should be taking or, or how they're getting to their goal. I'd just like to uh, to talk to you briefly about kind of how you got started in the AAA program, kind of your journey to become uh, a Sioux Greyhound. So uh, can you, you can start us off as early as you want, but can you just talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, yeah. Before I start, there's no right way to do it. Um, I'll just tell it how I did it. Uh, pretty, pretty typical Canadian story. My dad had a backyard ring for me, so that's kind of where the love started. And um, my, all my family members, uncles, grandparents, they all, I just grew up around the game. So uh, it was pretty, pretty easy to get familiar with. And then it just kind of keep it kept on growing and it just kept playing at the highest level I could. And um, then went through the AAA and AA ranks here in the Sioux. And then uh, had a lot of good coaches, met a lot of good people, good teammates, made a lot of good friends. And um, then my minor midget year, I went to Kitchener. Um, I decided to move away. It was, it was a hard decision to, to make, but it was, it was uh, one that I'm happy I made and I got the experience to move away. And even though it was tough to leave at such a young age, I thought uh, I made the right decision and um, everything's kind of worked itself out. So, um, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just um, me and my family thought that was the best uh, best route for me and it worked out. So, How old were you when you moved to Kitchener? Uh, I would have been 15. So the reason I ask that is, you know, we've talked to a lot of athletes who have gone away and, had, and moved away at a young age. I have a lot of um, admiration for kids, you know, who are able to do that. Because I look back to when I was 15, and I don't know if I'd be able to leave my friends, my school, my family at such a young age. Was that a difficult decision for you? And do you have any regrets in doing that? Uh, it, was, it was definitely a difficult decision. I mean, the hockey part of it, of course, um, leaving the guys I played up, played um, growing up with uh, for six or seven years at that point. So it was tough to move away from them. And obviously, uh, it was my grade 10 year of high school. It was a big year. Um, but no, I, I don't think I have any regrets because I went down there and I, I also met a lot a lot more good people. Um, my schooling was good. Billet parents were amazing. So um, I, I had a really good experience, and funny enough, I haven't got a taste of billet life since then. But um, uh, it's it's something that I definitely don't regret at all, and I'm I'm happy I did it. But um, yeah, it it was really tough for sure to make that decision. So you're sitting there on draft day, and I just want to talk about your draft experience before we get to your OHL career. So you know you're sitting there draft day. Kind of talk me through what draft day was like for you. You know, were the were, were you were the Greyhounds a team that you spoke to a lot? You know, was there some expectation or some hope there? Kind of talk me through your draft day experience, if you don't mind. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting day. It uh, it tends to be an interesting day for a lot of kids. Um, for me, kind of got wrapped up in uh, where I was going and how high and whatnot. But um, the day started off right away. I went downstairs, put it on my TV with my family, and. 
um, my mom, dad, brother, and we just kind of kept watching. And as time went by, I got a little bit, got a little bit more difficult. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I got picked by by a team that I grew up watching, and I couldn't have asked for a better uh, scenario. So, uh, funny enough, my grandpa actually was the one who uh, who read it out on the screen because by that point, I wasn't even watching it anymore. I was just kind of kicking back, relaxing, but. Um, it was a cool experience, and uh, it was definitely a, a good celebration afterwards. But um, and then to answer your question about if if I talked to them a bunch or not, uh, not really. I think they're one of the few teams I talked to twice, but I never really got the the big feeling that they were they were going to be the team to take me. But um, I'm so happy they did, and same with my parents; they're happy I stuck around. Yeah, I bet. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you too is, you know, there's been a lot of talk amongst people in the community and. Listen, I, I, I know what the Sioux is like, so I can't imagine how difficult it would be for, you know, sometimes for you kids to be out there and, and hearing what you hear. But, you know, there's often been a, I don't want to say a misconception, but it's often been said that it's really difficult for Sioux St. Marie born players to play for the Greyhounds. What would you say to that? Uh, well, speaking, speaking from my own experience, I don't think... Uh, it, it definitely is there. Like there, there's added pressure for sure, playing in front of so many people that that know you. Not necessarily that you know, but um, you you step on the ice and you know everybody knows your name and that you're from there and they're expecting big things. So that kind of feeling lingered for a little bit, but um, probably midway through my first year, I kind of settled in and um, I felt really good about it and just just was so grateful that I could play in front of my home crowd. And um, but to answer your question, I it. It depends what kind of kid you get, right? It, it it's uh, it's definitely something that you have to feel out and it takes a little bit. But um, I mean, the track record of Sioux kids playing playing for the Greyhounds is pretty good. So um, not to pump my own tires, but I think we've done okay. Talking, for, talking about Blake Spears, that's just the other example that comes to my mind. So um, no, I, there definitely is some pressure there at the start, but at this point in my career with them, it's I'm so happy that I get the chance to do so. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because, you know, obviously Tyler Kennedy comes to mind, you know, another another player who Sue born kid and had huge success at the next level. So, no, answered that perfectly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Greyhounds itself and kind of like the, I just want to, I'm, I'm curious about the life of an OHL player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, during the season, let's say it's a typical season, uh, you know, it's, you know, early December, kind of walk me through uh, the week of, of an OHL player. Okay, well, uh, depending on what kind of schedule we had the week before, um, we'd probably have an off day either the Sunday or the Monday, um, then get right back at get right back after it on the Tuesday with uh, the 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 high school guys will go to school for the regular morning classes and um, they'll have a workout at, at the school at, at lunchtime. Our trainer will go and uh, attend to them for a little bit, and then um, the older guys will be at the rink probably around nine or ten. I'd say nine. Um, the earlier the better and they get it, their workout in and uh, skills in the morning so that'll be 45 minutes in the gym half hour on the ice just working on the little stuff different every day D, D go with uh, Smitty and then fours go down with Tards and um, then we'll go home have our lunch we have uh, study blocks as well that we got to take care of um, but then everyone's usually back at the rink by 2.30 ish um, then we get going with practice around 3.30 we just sit around enjoy each other have a couple snacks and then get on the ice probably depending on on tuesday it'll probably be uh probably a longer practice we might go right until five and then just shoot around afterwards but then uh then you're usually out of the rink by 6 37 and um 
we play Wednesday games sometimes. In that case, Tuesday won't be that jam packed. But um, if we if we were to play Friday, Wednesday would probably be very the same. And then Thursday we might just uh, stretch or roll out instead in the morning, and then um, do systems or something Thursday afternoon, and then prepare for the game in the morning. Uh, the typical morning skate, get to the rink probably same time nine ten. Uh, high school guys, um, I th- I'm pretty sure it depends what coach we have, but. Um, they'll let the high school guys come on the morning skate if they have class or not. So um, and then we just get ready to play. And obviously road trips are a little different with uh, yeah. bus ride and stuff. So, um, but usually, yeah, it's uh, morning skate, have lunch at the rink, go home, nap, come in around 4.35, usually leave around 9.30, and then uh, probably do it again the next day because we, we play a, a lot of games on the weekend. So um, it's important to get home and, and uh, get re-energized. So you, you, you talked a lot about, you know, it, it sounds like it's quite the commitment, right? Obviously, and, and being an OHL player is, is quite the commitment. Would you say it's more than what you expected coming out, out of uh, Midget? Uh, yes and no. I remember coming out of my first training camp when I signed with the Greyhounds. I was I was beat. Like, I was really – I was exhausted. I was begging for a day off. And um, – by, by December that year, I was like, holy man, like we're skating every day. something you're not used to as a younger kid. But um, it definitely is a lot. But now, now that I look back, like it, it's definitely exactly what you have to do. Um, you go up to the pro level. I've had a little glimpse of that. And you definitely need to, to be going in in your mornings and putting time in, in the gym and um, watching video with your coach whenever you can. And so they do it the right way in the Sioux, I believe. Um, put in a lot of extra work to try and uh, develop us to, to get to the next level. But it, it is, it's definitely everything that I've imagined it to be. But at the start, it was a little bit, it was a little bit much compared to what I was used to. All right, I'm going to play a little rapid fire game with you quickly, and then I'm going to pass you over to Jim. So uh, I don't think any of these questions are too, in, too crazy or too intense, but if you want to pass, just say pass if you'd like. So uh, best part about being an OHL player? Uh, the big crowds. What's the worst part about being an OHL player? The big crowds. <laughs> uh, long bus trips. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, I'm used to them right now. Thumbs up. Toughest rink to play in? For, for me, it's Saginaw, but probably the whole OHL could probably say London or Kitchener. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what was your welcome to the OHL moment? Uh, it was my first uh, exhibition game in Saginaw, and Keaton Middleton at the oh. time was our captain. He was <laughs> he was a little bit bigger than I was, um, and he kind of gave me a, a welcome to the league moment. With I think I caught him in the crotch area with my stick, and he didn't like that very much. And he he was giving me an earful the whole game and hit me a little extra hard, so that was cool. <laughs> I, I worked. I worked the penalty box right for a lot of years. Sorry, a little yeah. off topic. And uh, and Middleton was what you know. I'm a big guy. Middleton's one of the few guys I had to look up to. So yeah, that would have that would have been uh, not yeah. very enjoyable. Um, toughest player you've ever played against? <sighs> toughest, like in terms of like. Sorry, mo- mo- most difficult player that you've ever had to play against. Uh, I wasn't on the ice very much against him, but Jordan Cairo and uh, Jordan Cairo probably definitely. Yeah, my first year. What's your best quality as a hockey player? Uh, I like to say my two-way game. Um, you put the puck in the net as well. What's the one area you need to improve in your hockey game? 
Uh, probably skating. Still have been a couple of years working at it, but still. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, that's really all I had. I only had a few questions I wanted to fire at you, see how you did. But no, that was great. Um, yeah, uh, I remain, I can't get over, I, I I mean, I know how big you are, right? So I can just picture Middleton coming at yeah. you and, uh, and going at you pretty good. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and the other thing before I hand it over to Jim is, you know, obviously people have been following your career, uh, you know, since you were young. The progress that you've made, in my opinion, from your rookie year as a Greyhound to now has just been unbelievable, right? I think you deserve a heck of a lot of credit for how far you've come and how you've developed. What's been the number one thing that's kind of led to your development? I know the Greyhounds are an outstanding organization and one of the best in Canada. What has, what makes them so good, right? Like what has helped your progression? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for the compliment, first off. But um in terms of the greyhounds and how they handle things I, I mentioned it before they they put in a ton of extra work and um from the top down from raptus all the way down to coaches training staff equipment managers they just they make everything so easy and uh just make sure you have to think about hockey and that's it so um just the little things like that and then maybe grabbing you after practice or staying staying on the ice with you a little extra to put in uh put in that extra time working on something that you need to to put that extra time in. So like, I, I've had a ton of experience with that, um, with both, both sets of coaches I've had in the Sioux. And um, it's, it, it just adds up over time. Um, we start, we do video and practice even, the skill sessions I talk about, and um, we break them down afterwards. And it's just, it goes a long way when you, when you look back at it. And um, without that, I don't think I'm anywhere close to where I am today. And um, still got a long way to go, but they definitely do it the right way. Um, put in a lot of extra work, and no matter who you are, even when I was a 16-year-old, they were they were treating me the same as as uh, a 19, 20-year-old. So I think that's really important that that teams do that, and we definitely do it the right way. I think that's awesome. All right, Jim, go ahead. Cool. Uh, take us back to your your first year in the OHL. Uh, you guys had you guys had a really good team, and uh, ice time was a little bit hard to come by for you. Uh, as a young guy, you were always one of the best players on your team, getting lots of ice time, being the go-to guy. Uh, just explain to me that feeling, that transaction of, you know, playing your role, being a smaller uh, role player on the team, and uh, how was that mentally on you, and do uh, you think that made you a better player? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, every every young guy in the OHL has to pay their dues and go through that, and I think that experience may be better today. But um, like you said, coming out of minor midget, where I was maybe the go-to guy, um, to start the year off in the OHL, I was just happy to be there, to be honest. Like, I was a little starstruck because I, I was obviously familiar with the team and what kind of personnel they had um, on all, all areas, the coaches, forwards, D, goalie. So um, to start, I was just happy to be there, and I was trying to soak it all in like a sponge. But definitely as you go down the stretch, even though we had such a good team and I, I understood that I wasn't going to fit in um, in that top six or top nine, it, it's still like you still want to play hockey and you want to contribute. But um it, it took some learning but i figured out that just being a good guy being positive uh even as a young guy goes a long way on a winning team so um definitely something that i'm looking to implement going forward here with the greyhounds but um that was something to me that i had to get over and i just kind of embraced the role and um work through it and try and help the guys as much as i could now cole you come from a, a family with a great hockey background uh, you know your grandfather austin was a good hockey man uh, your dad was a good hockey player, played junior B hockey. Uh, your uncle Kevin, uh, very successful OHL career. Your uncle Derek uh, 
high draft pick ended up going, I believe, to uh, Wayne State to play. Uh, when when they're all around at the uh, the supper table and stuff, and your family's together, do they do, do they argue over who is the better player, or uh, is, uh, is that all understood? Who is the best player? Uh, I think they still argue, but at this point now, with me being the only one playing, um, every Sunday we have family dinner. So if we have a Sunday game at home and I got to go there afterwards, I know I know what I'm in for. But um, kind of what you said, like when we're around the dinner table, every all of those guys and even my grandparents and and my mom, they all have something to say about my game and what, what they think uh, I should have done better or what they would have done in that situation. So it's a good atmosphere for sure. It's kind of it's kind of fun to blow off some steam after the game, win or lose. So, But definitely they all have something to say after every game. I guess so. Now, and how about this one? You, I know your dad, I know your whole family, but to me, your uncle, Kevin, was always Muggsy. But yeah. who, who goes by Muggsy? Do you, do you have that nickname? And I hear people call your dad that. I hear everybody call that now. But to me, it was all growing up. It was always your Uncle Kevin that was Muggsy. Yeah. Could you want to tell that story a little bit? Uh, from what I have heard, it's it, my Uncle Kevin. It was definitely his name to start. And then I know my Uncle Derek carries that name now as well. My dad and my grandpa don't. I don't rarely hear anyone call that Muggsy. But um, my older brother kind of took that nickname from yeah. me before I can get a chance. But um i mean three mugsies is is enough so <laughs> i'm not complaining yeah that's that's pretty funny now grow, growing up you you grew up with a lot of good players you uh, you guys had a really good age group you had real good coaches uh talk to me about being the being young and you know the the good influences and the good coaches you had growing up and uh you guys would skate a lot and tell, tell us tell me how that helped you guys yeah well starting at uh nine years old obviously my dad was my coach with uh frank porco um, Brad Baber, Aaron Gavey, a um, couple good hockey names from from the Sioux. So um, we we pretty much had the the same group all the way up to to minor midget, and that we really grew together as people and players. And um, it was something I'll never forget. I'm still very good friends with probably most of those guys on, on the team we had. So um, yeah, we had a lot of good players, a couple good teams, uh, won a couple championships. But um, like like I said earlier, that my love for the game kind of grew through those years. So. Um, it, it's definitely due to, to those coaches and the teammates I had, but definitely a lot of good people that, that have helped me get where I am today. Now, do you ever wish, uh, I mean, I know you uh, you basically played mostly hockey your whole life. I think you played a little bit of baseball too, didn't you? Docker. No? Yeah. Now, do, you, do you ever wish that you had played other sports or are you happy with your decision uh, just to concentrate on, on hockey? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know from as a football coach, I think you would have been a good, a good football player because I know you're good. <laughs> Uh, do, do you wish sometimes that you had tried other sports or you're happy with the direction? And, and uh, well, you, you guys would probably uh, be familiar. Like when you're in grade school or elementary school, you kind of get a taste of all the different sports, maybe uh, except for football, Jim. Um, yeah, but I got a taste of basketball, soccer, um, baseball a little bit. So um, I, I kept playing soccer through the summers and I played in high school as well. So I'm, I'm happy that I did that. So it wasn't always about hockey, but there's definitely some days when you're watching the NFL or MLB or NBA where you're like, oh, man, I don't even know what it's like to be in one of those games, and maybe it would be nice to. But, um, no, I'm happy with my decision to stick to hockey, and uh, there's no better sport in the world, in my opinion. So, Now, what, what are you doing now, Cole, to keep yourself busy? I know I know you're, uh, you're a good student, and I know what are you doing with schooling, and I know you like to do some uh, a little bit of volunteer work, too, if you want to talk a little bit about that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a long year and a bit now, but um, kind of went through different stages of doing different things. Uh, last year, I, I was in school last year, just finishing up high school, so I did that. 
Um, volunteered at uh, Arch Hospice a little bit to just yard work. Um, and then just kind of golfing, staying up to date on, on my schooling, working out, skating. Uh, recently got a job, been doing that. But definitely schooling's definitely been one thing that um, I've, been, I've been focusing on consistently throughout this whole thing. So gotten a couple university credits under my belt from Algoma. Um, so kind of staying on top of those things, but it's definitely been challenging. There's days you wake up and you have nothing to do and you're so used to, to going to the rink for those six, seven hours a day, like I mentioned. So um, it's definitely been a hard transition, but um, hopefully we can get back to a little bit of normalcy here soon. But definitely kind of juggling different different hobbies here and there. Okay, I'll ask, I'll ask you one more question, then I'll hand you over back over to Bono. Uh, well, how, what's your plans? Uh, to, are you just going to uh, pursue hockey as far as it takes you and uh, go from there? Uh, you, what, what's your what's your goal there? Uh, you know, there's lots of different avenues you can still go. I'm, I know the NHL is still in your mind. Uh, you're just going to uh, follow the hockey dream as long as you can and see where that goes, and then uh, take it from there. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of yes and no. But uh, from the start, my dad's always preached to me just be the best player in person you can be. So um, I'm going to play to the highest level I can. But at the same time, um, I'm obviously really aware of, of schooling and that I need to get that done. So um, we'll see. This next year is going to be big for me, whether uh, different things present themselves or not. So I'm going to have to make a, a pretty difficult decision down the road. But um, schooling is definitely in the back of my mind. That's something I got to get done. And But at the same time, if I do go to school, I still want to continue playing. So. Um, hockey is something that definitely would be uh, right up there in terms of stuff I want to keep doing going forward here. But um, yeah, it's uh, right now I'm not sure. <laughs> like yeah. The NHL, obviously, it's so close and that's still the dream. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I go to school and uh, play there. So I'll, I'll sneak another question in here before I go back to Bono. I Cole, did you get to go to a, a NHL camp? I know you, you had uh, were invited to a couple. Did, uh, did you get to go uh, this past season? Uh, this past year, yeah, I was with the Marlies for, uh, I think, five weeks there in February and, and into March. So that was a good taste. Obviously, really lucky to have that opportunity and feel that out for, for those couple weeks. But definitely something I won't forget. That's awesome. Okay, thanks a lot, Paul. I'll go back to Bono now. Bono? No, go ahead, Jay, and then I'll jump in when Jay's after Jay has a couple. Okay. Cole, Jim was talking a little bit about the Marlies, and for people who don't know, you talked what a typical day was for the OHL for those five weeks. What was it like to be with the Marlies, and what what did they entitle? Mm -hmm. Well, I I didn't get into a game, but I can kind of I kind of got a taste of what it was like. But uh, so um, regular, I'll just say a game day. Um, the boys would go in. It would be an optional skate depending on when they played last. Um, go in same time, eight, nine o'clock after breakfast at the hotel. Um, obviously a lot different with COVID. Uh, the, the breakfast uh, process takes a lot a lot longer with uh, math and social distancing and that, all, and that whole thing. But um, get to the rink early in the morning, optional skate. Um, usually every guy in the team is going to be doing something, whether they stay back and, and do a little bit of workout um, or just go on the ice for 10 minutes. But for me, it was get there. I'd skate with the guys that wanted to skate for those 15 minutes. And then the the junior guys or anyone who's scratched would stay on after for 45 minutes and, and put their dues in and, and probably have a little bit of a bag skate um, or just or just work their bag off with the coach for, for an hour. But um, then after that, we'd go back. We'd have lunch, same thing, uh, the buffet style, but with people serving you and the window in front and the whole thing. But 
and then you'd go back for a nap and then we would uh we would head to the rink with the team around four o'clock for a six o'clock game and then we'd head up to the press box and go down first intermission to to do our workout but um it was it was very similar to what we do in the Sioux on a regular day um so that's kind of why why i believe that we're doing things right here if, if an organization like toronto is doing the same thing and uh we got to be doing something right so um, but definitely it's a full day commitment where you don't really have much time in between to think about anything else but uh at, at that level that's their job so um, you got to be really dialed in uh, at all points of the day so and, and cole i know you've grown up with keegan stevenson and nick porco and then those guys but this year was a little bit different you're on the ice almost every day with them at least skating yeah what's it gonna be like to get back on the ice in september and play against them again when you spent the whole winter skating as as friends yeah that's it's definitely gonna be funny because think about it that was pretty much our team for the year um into the our summer into the fall and then into the winter too so um i think playing in a game again in, in general will be a very very humbling experience uh, come next year if we get to play but um yeah i know that we had a blast we we pushed each other every day and it was a good group of guys to have up here in the sioux and um, kind of, kind of do what we could in, in these challenging times, but yeah, definitely going to be weird. And you got to be on the ice, right? Yeah, yeah, better yeah. than that, for sure. Tony. All right, cool. Before we let you go, a couple more quick questions for you. So I just want you to talk a little bit about the coaching staff. Um, I know, you know, there's, you know, head coach John Dean with uh, Jordan Smith, Jamie Tardif, you know, a pretty well, well-experienced staff and just kind of talk about them um, as coaches, kind of, you know, their style and, and how they push you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, the three of them are great. Um, and then I'll throw in my trainers and equipment manager as well, Jay Thomas and Julian Cooper. They, the whole staff as a whole does a really good job in, in making sure everyone is uh, doing what they need to. But um, let's talk about the coaching staff. Those three guys hold you accountable um, at, at all times in the day, whether you're on the ice or even in the hotel room or on the bus. So um, it's a big thing to, for them uh, to be accountable for, for whatever you do, whether good or bad. So. Um, but in the, in the two years I've had them, I, I can't say anything but good things. Um, they really tell you how it is. If you're playing good, if you're playing bad, they bring you in, um, try and construct video with you. Like I said, they, they put in those extra extra hours to, to make sure you, you can become a better player. So um, I think that's kind of the, the, the normal in, in the Greyhounds organizations at this point. But um, no, they do a really good job, and I'm, I'm happy that uh, they're a coaching staff for sure. How, uh, how intense can Smitty get in the dressing room? Yeah, yeah, Smitty, uh, you guys probably know he's pretty intense. Uh, I, funny enough, uh, when we're scratched, or the scratch guys in morning skate after the guys get done, whether it's two or three of them, they play uh, two-touch, they call it. It's like a two-on-two. -two. And the coaches, Tardif and uh, Smitty, get in there, and they, they, get, they get pretty intense, so it's funny. That, that I, he get, kind of gets to show off a little bit of, of how oh, yeah. he was. Yeah, I coached Jordan Smith, believe it or not, in elementary school basketball. He was my stud center, and I think he's the only kid I ever coached in elementary school who got more than one technical. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. One other question. This is kind of a fun question. I hear this all the time with hockey guys. Oh, you know, pregame routine, right? They always talk about their pregame routine and how they always have a nap. 
And you've mentioned app, I think, three times so far today. How can you, you know, we're, I play football at a pretty high level, those types of things. I play hockey. The thought of having a nap before a game just never registered with me. So is that just something hockey players say? Or are hockey players just that chill that they can actually have a nap pregame? Oh, I've probably uh, 80% of the guys I've ever played with, uh, a nap is, is part of their pregame routine. Um, you wake yeah. up in the morning, like I said, have your little skate and lunch. And after lunch, you're ready for your cat nap. At least that's how it is for me. When I get home, I just lay in bed, maybe go on my phone for yeah. 20 minutes. And then um, every guy's different, the length than that. But they're not kidding. It's, it's a, a legit thing that a lot of, a lot of guys do. So if you don't nap before the game, it's you're probably uh, in the minority group there. So um, it's definitely something that, that guys do. And it, it gets me ready. So speaking of pregame routines, what kind of superstitions do you have? I'm assuming you have superstitions like all other hockey players. So what's uh, what's Cole McKay's big superstition pre or pregame? Uh, yeah, it, it usually changes year by year with a few exceptions. Uh, go to the rink, or even before that, in the morning, go to the rink, tape my stick a certain way, um, figure out which one's hot. If I use the one before the game before and I scored, maybe I'll I'll keep that going and tape it the same way and. Um, then use it morning skate, untape it before I, I go back home. So it's uh, it's pretty it's naked before I come back and then go home. Like I said, have my nap usually 90 minutes or so. Get up, uh, have a little meal, and then get in my suit, drive to Tim Hortons, get my usual coffee. That's something that's been the same all along. Uh, maybe a donut if I'm feeling a little extra hungry, but. And then I get to the rink and uh, tape my stick. I'm usually one of the first guys there, tape my stick, um, and then head out just with my gloves and shoes and, and go onto the bench and stick hand on the ice for a little bit. That's something I did last year. Uh, and then from there, it's kind of just uh, sewer ball, playing soccer, um, do a little a little uh, ritual with a couple different guys that it just happens to flow that way. Um, if, we, if we bump into each other at the same time, we'll do maybe like a handshake or maybe talk about the same thing we did the last game if we played well but uh and then it goes right into warm-ups after that um the the where you stand at a certain drill and warm-up or who you pass to first or where you shoot it, it's kind of you'd be surprised the amount of rituals guys have but i'm pretty i'm pretty basic like i have my a couple that i stick to by heart but um for the most part i'm kind of just play it by ear and um if i played well the game before i'll try and keep it as much uh the same as possible Oh, that's great. And my final, uh, sorry, two questions. My my second last question is this. What's your best, I've asked you about what the best part about being an OHL player is. I've asked you about the worst part, those types of things, hardest guy to play against. What's your favorite memory as a hockey player? It doesn't necessarily have to be as an OHL player, but what's your favorite memory as a hockey player? I could I could talk about this for hours, but um, <laughs> probably like hockey wise, just the purity of the game would be just being outside the rink my dad built for me and my brother when I was young. I know I was really young, but that's where it all started. And um, I remember I, I wouldn't let anybody watch me skate until I knew I could for sure. And um, but yeah, just the little things like that's that's where it all started right beside my house and just me and my brother and my dad so um that that's probably the thing that i'll cherish the most about the game of hockey but go i'll just throw in an ohl memory and 
a couple of you guys might have been at the game, but when we won the Western Conference my first year, uh, even though I sat on the bench for three, three and a half periods straight, it was just awesome. Like, I obviously grew up watching the Greyhounds and everything and never got to witness them win, uh, win a game that big before. And I happened to be front row seat on the bench dressed in the, in the uniform and everything. But uh, when Jack Opaka scored that goal, it was, it was surreal. We all jumped on the ice and tackled the goalie and, and then we got the trophy and the crowd is going crazy. And it's just something I could have never imagined as a kid. Like it was, that would have been like my like top dream in the world to be on the ice for a trophy presentation, wearing the Greyhounds Jersey. So um, that was really special to me. It'll, it'll happen. I mean, there's still, there's still a chance. No, we're hoping to. In this yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. All right, Jay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, because my last question will be a one-word answer. So go ahead, and then I'll finish up. And, and you talk, Cole, you talked about traditions and about jumping on the ice. What, what did it mean to you, and so many guys have worn it in the years past, what did it mean to you when you were handed that A on your jersey? Yeah, definitely something I'm, I'm very proud of, and, and humbled to have on my jersey. I know it's uh, it's no small feat, but um, I wear it with pride every night, and I'm, I'm just happy to be one of the guys that gets to wear it because I know in our locker room right now we're a pretty old group, and there could be a lot of guys that, that could don the A. So um, it's definitely something I don't take lightly, and when, when I saw it there for the first time, it was it was a really special moment for me and, and something I'm, I'm very I'm proud about. So. Um, hopefully, uh, I could I can wear an A on a team that uh, that we can bring to a championship here next year. So um, that that's the end goal right now, and I, I can't be more proud to just wear the Greyhound jersey in general. Um, I, I'd, I'd give up that A in a second to keep that jersey on. So um, that's probably all I can say about that. And Jim had mentioned about nicknames. What is the, and all dressing rooms have nicknames? And yeah. if you can tell us, what's probably the craziest one? In, in, and right now, the one in the dressing room uh, of the Sioux Greyhounds. <laughs> There's a lot of them. We had some pretty clever guys. Um, I don't even know if I could say it. Like even I can't even remember them off my heart. Like there's been so many. Um, it kind of one just kind of leads after another. Like if a guy does something and he gets called a name, you'll just find something that's kind of related to that and call him that the next day. Like. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of clever ones. I'm sure I'll think about them afterwards, but there's <laughs> nothing I could uh, I could tell you right now. <laughs> go ahead, Tony. All right, Cole. So last thing I'll ask you before we let you go. New guy moves to Sault Ste. Marie, and uh, he comes to the Greyhounds and says, hey, Cole, where's the best pizza in town? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, God. I I think Fratelli's, but I know that's probably an unpopular opinion. I, I love Fratelli's, yeah. <laughs> that's when my family orders pizza. It's usually from there, Aurora's. I like it a little better than Aurora's, but I think Fratelli's as a whole restaurant. I, it's my favorite in town, I think, but pizza, yeah, probably. It's funny you say that, cool, because I've heard about Fratelli's pizza for years, and then last summer I finally went and had Fratelli's pizza, and I, I see the uh, I see what the hype is, so I no, completely... You can't really miss those. <laughs> yeah, that's totally so true. Yeah. 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 Well, Cole, um, you know, really appreciate you coming on and doing this. You know, we always talk about how well-spoken uh, it seems like people from Sault Ste. Marie are. And, you know, we uh, we kind of threw a lot at you here tonight, and you handled yourself extremely well. 
and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And we thank you for representing Sault Ste. Marie and representing uh, the Greyhounds organization in such a positive manner. And uh, you know, you have a whole bunch. You have eighty thousand people here, you know, cheering for you, no matter what you decide to do. So, um, good, best of luck along the way. And actually, it looks like Jay has one more question. But thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Cole, the, the last thing we had mentioned about being a Sioux boy growing up watching them, that way you have Connor, like the organization has Connor Toms, another local boy coming into the organization. And you probably have talked to him. What, what advice can you give him being another local boy, hopefully making the roster? Yeah, no, I'm actually pretty close to them. So we've had a couple discussions about maybe playing together down the road here. But um, no, I, he's a good kid and he works really hard. So. Um, I don't think he has as much to worry. Uh, or he, I don't think he has anything to worry about going forward here. Like, if he continues to work the way he is right now, uh, he's got a lot of good things in, in his future, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, he can be on our team next year and, and help us win a championship. But um, like I said, like hard work will take care of everything if uh, if you have the right attitude, and I know he does. So um, I, I know he's got great things wherever he decides to go. But yeah. That's all I gotta say. And, and one, one, I guess one advantage for him as a 16-year-old is he got to play about 20 games this year with the Thunderbirds, so he got, saw some Junior A action from up from the Midget action. So for him, it's gonna benefit him going into camp next year, hopefully, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's big for him. I know uh, in a year where a lot of people weren't playing, he got to play in uh, in, the, in that league. It would be good for him to to kind of get his feet wet with junior hockey and. Um, ease the transition to, to next year if he plays for us. So definitely good for him. Well, Cole, can't thank you enough. And uh, hopefully we can have you here just before camp starts in August. Sounds good, guys. Thank you again. I uh, had a lot of fun and uh, like what you guys are doing here. You're doing well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, yeah. Cole. Nice talking to you. Good luck. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Take care, bud. Yep. Yeah.